you pass. Okay, oh, one more time. No, no, one more time. We gotta go back to the first one. Though. Oh God. Okay. You don't know what OCD is all about. All right, let's do the first one. Right? L W A F L M O Y T. Do it again. L W A F L M O Y T. L W A L F M O Y T. L W A F L M O Y T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Hi, this is Carl. I, I'm Mike's friend who wrote this song, you know. You should follow me on Twitter. It's 11 underscores. W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hey, Mike. Ready to watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-I-T. Let's do it. Let's do it. And you know what? Let us. Let's include the audience. Hello, audience. We want to watch a full-length movie that's on YouTube with you right now. So we want you to get your YouTube ready. We're going to mute it. You're going to listen to us. And watch the movie at the same time. How cool is that? Right now we're on mutinyradio.fm as we are every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We just followed What's Really Happening with Luke Sayer. Awesome show. Yeah. Carl, we, we, he's killing us. He's doing a great <laughs> job. Uh, yeah, check out mutinyradio.fm. It's a website. It is also an internet radio. You can check out their schedule. You can check out live shows. You can even donate with a donation yeah, button. you can even donate. Yeah, and there's Venmo, there's Patreon, there's GoFundMe, whatever you prefer. Just give money to the station. Keep it going. Ooh, the Comedy Festival is coming up, the 7th Annual. I'm going to get a new T-shirt. October. October. Uh, and we are also a podcast, but you have to follow us by our acronym, which I said up front, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's right. YouTube is Y-T. And you can also find us on YouTube itself where we do Carl syncs up the movie for you and you can subscribe at L W A F L M O I T. Carl, what is the movie this week? Today it's a switcheroo. And I love that because I get a week off. It is mazes <laughs> and monsters. 1982. Oh, 1982. <laughs> oh, mazes and monsters. Right. Mazes and monsters. Oh, mazes and, and monsters. Let's see. It's, a-N-D. It's not ampersand. So it's Mazes <clears throat> and Monsters, 1982. The channel we like, like is TV Fanatic. 
there'll be a bunch of channels. Pick TV Fanatic. Yeah. And when you press play, you might get an ad right away. So go to it, press play, watch that ad, get past it, pause, slide it back to zero, zero, zero. Carl is speaking truth. Truth bombs have been dropped. You might get an ad, let it play, but make sure you do hit that timer to zero, zero, zero for TV Fanatic's copy of Mazes and Monsters. Well, we're very excited. Carl actually produces the show. He did the theme song up front. I did the research this week. I gave Carl a break. But one of the great features Carl does is he talks to a celebrity comedian. And we're going to hear it up front right now. And that celebrity comedian is going to give you a celebrity comedian countdown. And when that celebrity comedian says go, we want you to hit go on the movie and we'll kick it off. But first, Carl, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Dan Collins. Welcome, Dan. Hey. Now, you're a comedian out there, and we've seen each other a lot of times, maybe Scotty's open mic or whatever. But one time you were, was it King of the Mountain? Was it Late Night with Anthony Quinn? The, the booker got a good look at you and said, I want this guy. He gave you a guest spot. I'm sure it's going to lead to more. Were you excited about that? Yeah, most definitely. It was it was uh, Anthony Quinn. I did really good on Late Night with Anthony Quinn, and he booked me, and I opened up for uh, Coleman Green. Right, right, yes, right. Funny guy, yeah. Now, who are your influences? I see you like behind you there, Eddie Murphy. I see Richard Pryor. No. <laughs> <laughs> those are those are the ones. Those who. The guys who I study the most. Now, you're a veteran, right? Does that influence your comedy at all? I, I, I don't remember a veteran's bit. No. <laughs> that doesn't... Uh, I haven't wrote any jokes about... Uh, no, I, I do have one joke about being a veteran, but um, I'm still working it out because it's, you know... I, I want to deliver it... Mm -hmm. the, the, I don't want it to be a hard. It's supposed to be a joke, not a hard story. So, <laughs> <laughs> now you were on a webisode, a no, a web series called Emmy Nominated. I didn't even know the Emmys considered web series. You know, uh, tell me about. I didn't. I didn't know that either until until it happened. Tough luck. Until we got nominated. Um, it was just a, something that, um, I, I was scrolling on Instagram and they, I noticed that they were having auditions. So I went out to New York, Manhattan, and, and it was in the YouTube building in, um, Manhattan. And I auditioned for a part. And, um, I was just, instead of, being the character they were asking me to be, I, I was myself. I, I was just, I just uh -huh. went as, I had them all laughing. I had the panel of judges laughing. So they was like, we're going to, we're well, going to really work. <laughs> we're going to book this guy. <laughs> I got this part. And um, it, it was cool. I, I didn't know it was a, uh, a web series was that serious until I got the email saying, hey, we got Emmy nominated. And I, and I was at work. I was like, what? Is this a joke? <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know it was that serious. 
Yeah, that's terrific. And it's great that you, you know, went in and were yourself and they were, they, they liked you so much that it ended up there. Now that's not your biggest credit. That is not your biggest credit. Now you have got a TikTok channel. It's one word called just laugh 100, just laugh 100. How many people follow you? I have 421,000 followers. <laughs> oh, really? Not even a half million. <laughs> no. Almost. <laughs> By the summer is over, I'm hoping to have a half million before the summer lets out. That would that that would be great. I mean, this is a big credit. I mean, that's you must have some funny material. You know, people yeah. following you. How often are you posting? When I, see what happened. I started I started my TikTok account during COVID, and it was the perfect time to start one because. We couldn't go to Scotty's. We couldn't go to no comedy club. Um, the, the gyms were closed. The parks were closed. Like every outlet that I had was taken away. So um, I, I didn't even do, I did like one Zoom uh, open mic. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't the same. It wasn't the same energy. So I was like, eh, this is not working. Yeah. Started a TikTok account. I just jumped on TikTok. Um, I started off like everybody else. I started lip syncing the, you know, the videos, the the voiceovers and all of that. Um and then uh I did that for a little while. And then I started something clicked in and said, you know what, why don't you do your own comedy up there? Why don't you try that? Something, a light bulb went off. You made your own outlet. I, I Yeah, I created an outlet and I started putting my own content up there. And I noticed people were lip syncing me now. Oh, that's <laughs> I was, flattery. I was like, holy shit. And, and then what made my page really take off, I started doing animal voiceovers. Uh -huh. Like Tony Baker. I don't know if you know him, but uh, I started doing the animal voiceovers and my page skyrocketed. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to ask you how people find you out there on the internet and social media, but this is the one to go to, right? We're trying to get to that half million mark here. It's yeah. called Just Laugh 100, and that's one word on TikTok. So I, I'm going to subscribe myself now that we just, you got one more person now that you've had this interview. Oh, okay, how can people find Tough Love? What channel do they go to on YouTube? Yeah, they can go on YouTube and, and um, type in Tough Love. It, it did get picked up by a network, but I don't know offhand yeah. what network it got picked up on. Um, but they can, <clears throat> they can find it on YouTube. Okay, just look for Tough Love. Tough yeah. love. Okay. And also, uh, now on Facebook, you're Daniel Collins, C-O-L-L-I-N-S, Daniel Collins. What about TikTok? Uh, what about Instagram? And maybe you do Twitter? Instagram. I'm on Instagram at just laugh, the word, the, the number one and the word hundred. Just laugh. The number one. The number one and then H-U-N-R. Okay. Hundred. Hundred. Okay. Just laugh. Number one, the word hundred. Okay. 
Dan Collins. Now, everyone at home is poised to watch this movie at the exact same time as we do here in the studio, so they must press play at the exact same time as we do here in the studio. That's what you're here for. Why don't you go ahead from three and give us Dan Collins, that celebrity comedian countdown. Three, two, one, go. Well, thank you very much, celebrity comedian. That was pretty cool. Uh, we're going to start a movie. Carl, it's a Carl Lorimar film. Yes, uh -oh, spelled wrong. Spelled wrong. Rona Jaffe's Mazes and Monsters. This is based on a... Uh, we want to hear the uh, TV reporter is going to give us the plot up front. But we start with in media res at the scene of the crime. There's a crime, Carl. Or, right? Why else would you have all these people here? So many fire trucks and police cars. Yeah, it starts off with a bang. This was a CBS TV movie. It was December 28th, 1982. It came out. You know, I my, my father's birthday, my son's birthday. Oh, how interesting. How cool is that? So yeah. what a birthday treat for both your unborn and your dad in 82 <laughs> when this came out. Sorry, so we start off. Okay, so we're going to start a TV reporter. So the cop's talking to the reporter. It's a game of mazes and monsters. It got kind of out of hand. Okay, I got to go. We got a live report. All right, get a seat of crime. Give me the microphone. All right, <clears throat> ready? Roll Here's the storyline. Roll. Why? Keep on. Yeah, so this is New York City. This is a, there's no Jersey in this, but there's tons in New York and upstate, but I think it's all Twin Canada. Towers. It's a little soon. Oh, Twin Towers? It's, yeah. Oh, you know, if you have the Twin Towers in the first act, it shows up in the third act. We'll, we'll have plenty more. <laughs> that is a rule. Yeah. Oh, we, so our cast is four people. As you saw, the elephant in the room is Tom Hanks. He made this movie right after uh, Wizard Buddies got canceled. Oh, okay. And it's right before Splash. So this is a weird period for him, right? The, he hasn't unleashed it. Right. But the other people in this movie, we all know. And Wendy Carlson, I'll be talking a lot about. And Susan Strasberg. Isn't that like Lee Strasberg's daughter, the famous actor? I don't know. I wouldn't know. You would, you would figure that, that... Oh, wait a minute. We switched the room. You, I did the research. <laughs> Well, all right, so this is based, I read the novel uh, like 40 years ago, Rona Jaffe. Rona Jaffe is a great writer. You did? Yeah, I did. Well, you know what? It was a paperback in a beach house. I was, I think Taylor, the friend had a beach house in Jersey Shore. I went over and I read the book in an afternoon. Uh, it's Very basically, nice. yeah. So in 1978, they found a uh, University of Michigan student dead in like a cavern. And he was known to play Dungeons and Dragons. This is based on a real kind of it's, 
kind of like urban legend, like kind of a, a story. Uh, and he, you know, there was a hysteria about Dungeons and Dragons. He committed suicide for whatever reason. Okay. And uh, so Rona Barrett allegedly was aspired uh, by that story. No, aspired. No, and aspired means you strive to. She reach was the inspired. Inspired. She's inspired by true this? events. German he, World this War. This is JJ, right? This is Chris Makepeace, the actor, but JJ, like Broadway, he's just out there. He's just a teenager. They're all rich teenagers, right? Okay. And they all have like parents that are in their own heads. Except now, Mike, for. I did watch this last night. And okay. I have absolutely a criticism of this movie. Yes. This guy's not our hero. JJ? No, JJ's a worm. So why are we starting with him? You know what I mean? It's he's not our hero. Well, this is like, you know, again, it's a Ronan Barrett novel. You we have a entourage of four people and we introduce, but I think it's about their mm -hmm. Melu. They're all children of very rich parents that are not connecting with them. I mean, look at this disconnect. She her thing is remodeling rooms. Her clients would kill Without her room like this. You right. did without permission, right? He has his bird, Merlin. But look, she gave a cooler birdhouse. See? It's all white. Yes. They would all kill for that. It's symbolism, Carl. Symbolism. Okay, okay. Now, you know you know JJ, the guy in the pith helmet from uh, Meatballs. He's Rudy. He's, ah, the, he's the star. Oh, that's why I know him. Right. And he also had a show in Canada called Going Great. And it was about, it was like real people for kids. You know how kids aspire and they, they do great things? Uh -huh. The show is called Going Great. And it was on Nickelodeon uh, in the United States. It was one of the lowest rating shows. Oh. And uh, he was the host. So it was like real people. He was uh, Fred Willard, as it were. Gotcha. And they, to boost ratings, they got new new co-anchors, new new people out on the street, including Keanu Reeves. So uh -huh. super young, I guess. Yeah, he's basically our age. You know, he was born in '64. He uh, he's worked behind the scenes. You know, he stopped acting. You know, he uh, you know him from my bodyguard and Vamp. Uh, but uh, I thought that was kind of cool about the Canadian show. Yeah, and so he is our he is not our hero, but we start with him. But like you said, it's sort of an ensemble cast. But right. it is Tom Hanks' story. Well, no, it's well, it's. So it's well, you know, look at the alienation, right? He ends up saying, "Could you at least said how was school?" You know, and these this is the only mom who gives a shit about her kids. Okay, you know, and so I guess it's like they come from broken homes, and just Tom Hanks has a side note of, "Oh yeah, keep them away from Dungeons and Dragons because of the last time." There's no real, there's no indication his brother died. Carl. Right. His brother, no, his brother didn't die. His brother walked away from, he, he ran away. Oh. He disappeared. He did. Well, yeah, he, his brother did not die. Or, or maybe that, that was what that, Tom he, Hanks he, told himself to make it, Yeah. Under, you know, something he could handle. I don't know. But in this film, which you <laughs> saw and read, he says uh -huh. that his, his brother went out and he just never came home. Okay. All right. And the brother, his last name is Hall, and that's going to play into it. Yeah. This is Wendy Crewson. Now, I know, like, Tom Hanks is a big star, but I think she's the big star in this movie. Okay. She's an insanely prolific uh, Canadian actor. 
just alone uh, here in 20, the year 2021, she has like four TV shows. Uh, yeah, that came. Today, I mean, it, it's 2022, but I'm saying she's recently has four. That is yeah. prolific. She, she was on Titans, which is on HBO Max, but then she had a show called When Hope Calls, Good Sam, and Departure. So Good I'm Sam just going to send her. Familiar. Well, you know her from uh, uh, she she was Tim Allen's ex wife in Santa Claus. Remember, she told the kid that Santa Claus doesn't exist; he's dead. And Tim Allen goes, "Oh, I do don't be spreading lies." <laughs> and then he turns into Santa Claus, the spider. And she was in all the sequels. All right, now this is Daniel. Look how he is there, a sexy, sexy guy. He I know the his- dad, by the way. Oh, who's the dad, by the way? No, I don't know. His face looks like he's on TV in the 80s. Oh, my God. Everything looks like a commercial in this. This was, uh, everybody was at their peak making uh, TV movies in 82. Everybody has, like, at least another film besides Mazes and Monsters, the director and all these actors. Uh, This guy, he changed his name back to Wasaki, but he's going as David Wallace in this movie. Uh, And he's he's the tallest actor, Carly, 6'2". This guy is like a prolific soap opera star. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's Dr. Tom Hardy in General Hospital from 87 to 93, 131 episodes. He even played Dr. Tom Hardy in the Gary Shandling show. Okay. It's, it's Gary Shandling show. What is his name? His name is David Wallace. That's how he's listed, but it's Waisaki. Wais- so oh, is he a sushi fan? I love Waisaki. I love, uh, what's the sushi with no rice? That's my to me. Oh, it's uh, Suwaisubi. Now, all these parents are saying, I'm so disappointed you didn't go to Uber MIT. You got accepted into Uber MIT version two, and you picked Grantland. Like, they all got into really good schools, and they picked this one. Howdy, Tex. Yeah. Well, JJ is just out there. I think he's gay. But he has an outside personality. He wears, you know, World War I German pith helmets and. Uh-huh. Cowboy, Cowboy hats. So him and Katie are hooking up again. Cheers to the beers. He's wearing Mr. Rogers. Uh, well, uh, not really. Oh, it's a sweater, you mean? The, the red so sweater? They're off to college, and they play Dungeons and Dragons together, but it's Mazes and Monsters. It's Mazes and Monsters. And there's actually a phone app called Mazes and Monsters. It kind of looks like a Zelda ripoff. Today? With phone. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, did, does the Road of Jaffe Foundation get a dime? Not a dime. <laughs> there is a foundation where oh, every year... It's our man! It's Thomas Hank. Now, again, these are all college students, so he... No, it's not. You pl- made Thomas plural and Hank singular. It's Tom Hanks singular. I think I... Hank's name. Wait, it's Tom Hanks. Thank you very much. Now, Carl, I wanted to make sure I was completely up to date in my research of Tom Hanks. Yeah. Up to this movie. Uh huh. So, <laughs> okay. No, but yeah. that's perfectly appropriate. I've done that before, especially if it's a huge star you know. You just look up what he was doing at the time. Yeah. All right. Well, at the time, he met Rita Wilson and broke up with his wife. Rita Wilson is a second wife? Yeah. So it's Colin Hanks. Yeah. And his daughter, his yeah. first daughter, uh, was from his first wife. Really? Uh, yeah. So he was, he's been married forever. He's been married 30 he's years. He's been married ago. forever. Yeah. He, you know, he regrets the kind of the way it broken up. And his uh, first wife did pass away uh, in 02. Uh-huh. And 
Let me get to my, her name is uh, Samantha Lewis. And basically Hanks, you know, he, he was born in Concord. He's famously went to high school in Oakland. He went to, uh, I think Bayline is called. He went from Massachusetts and, to California? You no, know, no, let me say this again. He went to Concord, California. Oh, And he moved okay. to Hayward. And then he went to school in Oakland. Okay, the famous and, school. Oh, I think he went to, no, Hayward, he went to college in, in Hayward. Uh, but that's, he was, he was an athletic guy and he was an outgoing guy. All my information about Tom Hanks up to 82, I got from an episode of Biography, A&E Biography. Mm -hmm. They did Hello. the heavy lifting. You know what they did? They, they started to show off with, Hello, it's December 21st, 1999, and this is Biography. Tom Ishonk was <laughs> bored. <laughs> Look at his stupid hat. I know. Well, you know, he's like one of those rich, he's like, a, I don't know, he's a great Gatsby. He's an aviator. Everyone's he's, like, I'm tired he's of this He's the shit. cuckoo clock, not Tom Hanks. He does go cuckoo in this movie. He does lose it. I think it's like uh, they're all insecure. But I mean, the like the writers and the sh director and the show, you know, for TV, they're like thinking, oh, he's so crazy. Let's just make, would would this really happen in the real world? You know, a guy wearing a. It, but it's like sketch comedy. You need a shorthand. You know, you got to get the message delivered immediately so you can get the story rolling. So what okay. better way? Okay. So he's been warned off. Tom Hank has been warned not to play Dungeons and Dragons. And they need a fourth player, so this, I know I will put a piece of paper on the board. Yeah, well, this going. is old people Instagram, right? It's old people Facebook. But, but he's he's doing some new school stuff. He's sitting at a table with an eye view of it, waiting for someone to respond to his post. And he literally replies all right now. Look, I mean, boom. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? I'm, I'm just browsing the cork board. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he immediately goes up and goes, hey, Dungeons and Dragons. I, I mean, Mises and Monsters, I, I haven't noticed that. Uh... By the way, they're not dungeon masters in this movie. They're, of course, famously maze controllers. Yeah, they're the maze controllers. You know, this person just just swapped out Dungeons and Dragons, Mises and Monsters. You know, it, it's not, it's, they could have been more creative with the title yeah. and no, I think it's fine. I mean, it comes across. I, so I did read the book, and I was going to read it for the research, and I just didn't get to it. But I'll tell you the one part of the scene that I do remember. Yeah. Uh, as you know, they're going to play Dungeons and & Dragons, and they're going to take it to the next level and play it in a cavern. Right, in the real world. Yeah. So JJ sets up. He's the maze controller. Okay, so he's going to a party. He's only stepped on campus for 20 minutes, and he met everybody who's played Mazes and Monsters. <laughs> yeah. And he's invited to a party. And all he's going to meet are other people who play Mazes and Monsters. It's remarkable. Excuse uh, me, person who didn't play Mazes and Monsters. Can I get by? Yeah. Par Look, he's wearing sir, a, who doesn't now he has this hat. This hat stick drops about 20 oh, minutes into this Yeah, part. and thank goodness, because it's so dumb. I don't know, Carl. Maybe. Come on, who says, oh, he's such a cool, inventive, creative guy. He's so quirky. He's got hats. Hi, I'm the heroine. Right. Yeah. I love her. She's great. Wendy Carlson. So she played the evil ex-wife who told Santa Claus is dead. And Tim Allen got, ooh, I'm so bad. <laughs> and then she, she remarries. Judge Weinhold is her. And they're on all three movies. 
She was married to a Canadian actor named Michael Murphy. They were both in Tanner 88. He played Tanner 88. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, It sounds familiar, Tanner 88. It was a Robert Altman television show written by Gary Trudeau when he was on break from uh, Kingsbury. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They were were also in uh, Path to 9-11 from 2006. That uh, also had the Twin Towers. Yes. Twin Towers are focused a lot in this movie. So anyway, basically, they got married and divorced. She actually came out uh, of the closet in, like, 2014. She's uh, gay? She's gay, yeah. I like her yeah. hair up better. Do you? Uh, no, I don't, actually. Oh, but okay. It, no. You asked me, and I wanted to let you know. She uh, was married and had children. Yeah, right? they had okay. two kids. Okay. And, the, in fact, the kids show up in a movie called Sleeping Dogs Lie in 98 with her husband, her yeah. then husband. And yeah, she came out in, in 2014. But she's really cool. She's done like tons of stuff. She was in 24 of the series. She was uh, CSI in 2011. She was in the Matthew Shepard story. Uh, she was also in the 80s. She In 82, was she, she was... Sheep? What's that? In the Matthew Shepard story, was she one of the sheep? No, no. Wrong. Do you know who Matthew Shepard is? Uh, yeah, he's the herd. He leads the herd. Okay. All right. Hello. You should Google that. Uh, but we, uh, he, she's also the mom and the good son. That's where I know her from. Okay. You remember, remember she's like, oh, I love Henry. He would never, uh, throw my little girl in, in ice. Remember like up in the cliff? She was fucking <laughs> right, awesome. I remember the good son. It was with the Home Alone kid. Right, right. And Elijah Wood. And, right. Home Alone kid was the good son. Yeah, Matt. That's right. Elijah Wood. Head. Yeah, right. So she was the mom. So, mad props for her. I mean, I think she's a big star. Okay, they're playing the game, and it's just the dialogue. Let me hear some of this. Reaching the ninth level, I have acquired many magic spells and charms, the greatest of which is the Graven Eye of Timur. But I also have a sword, which I only use should my magic... <laughs> okay, it goes on like that. I absolutely recommend watching the movie. You won't hear us talk, but you'll hear the theme song, which is atrocious. And you'll hear dialogue like this, which is, even back in the day, was fucking corny as shit. Oh, God. Hated people. Once human, they are now unspeakably vicious. But you're speaking of them, There are wondrous treasures within these mazes for those brave and clever enough to find them. He was also in another uh, soap opera. The guy guy, guy does good work. Now, I now know who Matthew Shepard is. I see his picture here. I just saw a film with him in which he's in Canada and he has cancer and he goes on a trip. I, I, I think I think it's a different... Matthew Shepard is a real-life person who was a gay guy in, in town, a young teenager who was killed. Oh, it isn't this actor, Matthew Shepard? No? No. no. All right, never mind. Okay, no, so it, was a tra- it was a national tragedy. She happened to be in that movie, TV movie version of it. Let sleeping dogs lie, you had said before. I never understood that phrase. I mean, they don't even talk. How do you know he's lying? Well, how do you know? How do you know, right? Dogs can't talk. He doesn't speak. Did you take a shit in the, on the couch? Woof, 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 woof. How do You're you know? lying. Oh, let, let sleeping dogs lie. Wake up, right. I gotta ask Wake you. Up. Did you take a poop on it? Oh, he's not sleeping. Not only that, he's sleeping. This will be a oh, opening. he's sleep talking. I don't need this is my life. Look, bosom buddy, do 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 do, <laughs> leave me alone. Do 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 do. do. do then do, do, you do, can't do. sleep at somebody else. 
Okay, now look, so this is a montage. Uh, it's Hag Good Hardy, the, the theme song and the music. He's just a prolific TV guy. That's and... prolific. I'm going to hear the song. Here we go. Prolific. It's a terrific prolific song. Oh, that's Silly's voice. I enjoyed that song prolifically. Oh, it's I never understood the expression, let sleeping dogs lie. How do you know he's lying? He doesn't even talk. Right. Doesn't it? Do Did you, you poop in the living room? Do you even understand humans when they sleep talk? I can't, let alone a dog. Yeah, and not, why would he be lying if he was asleep? How would he even? All right, we'll see how that capes up for the opening. You know what's interesting about Wendy Cross, Cruson? She started in, next year in another Dungeons and Dragons movie called Skullduggery or Der Satan First. What is that Skullduggery? What does it mean? I don't know what that expression is. I don't know. But that movie is supposed to be the worst movie in the world. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's another Dungeons and Dragons type? Yep. That she did right afterwards. How do you say it again? Skullduggery, right? Yeah, but you know, it's funny because I always put an R, so I would always say skulldruggery. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even make any sense. So I'll be looking for that word, and I'll be like, take the R out. I'm like, maybe that's the problem. Okay, well, they're it moving too fast. Skullduggery. I'm they're sorry. Too fast. No, no, they're just moving too fast. He uh, he wants okay. her to move in. He got He's going to get her a double bed. No, and it's she's too gonna... soon. It's too soon. It must be terrible. Oh, no, this is, all right. Oh, not knowing. You're right. He's, he might be alive. And it doesn't pay off at the end of the movie. Underhanded well, or unscrupulous behavior. Trickery. That's skullduggery. Oh. All right. Are you sure? Or are you just pulling some skullduggery on me? Yeah, don't pull some skullduggery. Are you skullduggering me? Don't gasduggery me. Gaskell. Look at the director did the mirror. Oh, yeah. Well, this guy, you know what? I want to talk about the writer of this movie, not Ronan Barrett's, but the um, the writer's name, Tom uh, Lazarus, 42. He, with a guy named L.L. Uh, Tommaso, okay. proceeded to crank out softcore films. So check it out. He, uh, as a director, the, the writer is also a director, and he made two movies back-to-back, -back, basically. In 99, he did Word of Mouth, and it's about a documentarian following a prostitute. Okay. And then in 2000, the writer of this film directed a film called House of Love, which is about a documentarian in a brothel. Okay, a documentarian. Okay. Yeah, and then with the same writer, he did a TV show for Playboy TV called Four, <laughs> Seven Lives Exposed, which is kind of a reality show competition fake uh, survivor where they, they do sexual acts. It's all simulated. Okay. Although IMDb goes out of the way to say there's, there's some, you see dick and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. and, and some softcore uh, oral sex. But uh, I was just like, wow, who knew? So the writer is a total perv. Okay. Yeah. Or has gone on to make films about documentarians documenting uh, brothels. So in some of these softcore films, you see the peepee? -pee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but in it's this... soft, right? No, I think it's erect, what? right? You no, just it's can't... a softcore film. You can't show an erect penis? Well, then it's pretty hardcore. No, it's hardcore what you do with that penis. <laughs> Carl, you see... It sound like you know. Time, yeah. <laughs> no, I got to... Uh... I'm oh, taking your word for this. 
Well, I was going to, I don't know. It kind of repulses me. Uh, yeah, Stephen Hillard is the director, Hillard Stern. And I actually, he passed away recently, but not okay. recent enough to create his own website, which was oh. actually really interesting. So uh, I got some information for IMDb, but I also got information from his own website. And there's a podcast he did in 2011 where he talks about two of his earlier films, uh-huh. uh, if you ever want to get into it. But his first film starred Radar, uh, oh, Gary yeah. Bursta. Yeah, it was called BS, I Love You. Uh, and uh-huh. that was 71. That's how old that joke is. Let sleeping radars lie. <laughs> BS. He sleeps on his. Oh, never mind. So they're a couple, which I think JJ is a little bitter about. But uh-huh. never, never goes yeah, off. Yeah, and that doesn't pay off. No. You know, they're, they're playing a game, and JJ did a stupid thing, and he lost his character. And one thing I don't understand about this movie, or I guess the game mazes and monsters, Tom Hanks is introduced as a level nine. Whoa. Wow, he's a level nine. But and he's a cleric. Yeah. He, but I don't see, like, and then when JJ's character loses, he loses his level because his character is dead. He has to start from the beginning. Yeah. But I guess at 40 years of video games and role-playing games and tabletop games, it doesn't really matter. You can still start over. You know, it's not like what and keep term- your character. This level nine. What does that mean when you go to a party and you say you're a level nine? I, I mean, hey man, I've been playing Pac Man. I'm level ten. I've been playing uh, Diablo two. I'm level something something. No, in Dungeons and Dragons, your character is a level. Right, but who cares? Okay. Like, well, you care because you have a bag of holding and you can fight a beholder and you, I mean, you have, you know, you have more hit points and you, I mean, leveling up makes, you, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess. Powerful. I play World of Warcraft. I'm level 72. Oh, hey. Yeah, but you can roll you. a 20-sided die with like a plus two or a plus four. It enhances your... Okay, listen, you suspected that he was gay, but meanwhile, if he's, like, butthurt that the girl has another boyfriend, okay. he ain't gay. Huh. Says you. You know, I should say, everyone's made, like, other TV movies in A2. The director did also Not Another Affair, Forbidden Love, and Ambush Murders in 82. So this is, like, uh-huh. his fourth TV movie. So yeah, he's, he's, he's pissy. still doing the hat bit. They right, but he, he used the appropriate away. hat for his his motorcycle. He's pissy that his character's dead and that, you know, she's kind of dating Tom. Now, here's the surprise. Surprise! I got us a double bed. We could move in our dorm room together. Is this a dorm room with a kitchen in it? I guess, yes, it's a dorm room because... and he And it's a single. I guess it must be COVID times. Now, I bring up the direct, the writer and the fact that he later on did a bunch of sex movies. Right. But there is there is sex in this movie. Him and Wendy, the uh, her Katie, get it on, right? We never and, see it, but... But, yeah, it's implied. They, they're getting it on. They're active. And when he starts going... Um, going. Yeah, uh, let's get hitched. A, a wizard says... You must be true, valiant, and oh, celibate. Yeah. You must be celibate. And it, he does. He goes celibate. And she yeah. noticed it. Yeah, he's like, let's break up. But I still like you. I still like you. I just don't want you to touch me anymore. That was so, a neck. Well, they're, you know, 
he wants him to, her to move in. She says yeah. it's too soon, and they they and he's kiss. Kind of mature about it. Yeah, but do you think that's what caused him to kind of go there? Like, do you think that's that started the ball rolling? No, it seems like he has a history of mental illness, and something happened with the game mazes and monsters in his past. Which and never like it's no, just like, yeah. when they when she doesn't want to move in with him. Our movie continues on, and he's sane. You know what I mean? Like it's it, it wasn't like that, and it was a breaking point. You know. Yeah. You know, it, his previous party members should show up in this movie. It would make a better film if we meet his previous D and D group. I guess. First off, wouldn't that be fun theater as a cinematic experience to see two Dungeons and Dragons group in one movie? <laughs> I think that would be like worth my mission right there. Since you brought it up, I just want to say that this movie makes a horrible mistake in which it never goes all the way. Like a movie's supposed to give the viewer like an emotional roller coaster. I, I first realized it. There's this scene in which uh, he's biking the one way, uh, right. the handsome kid, and the love interest is driving the other way. She sees him and turn U turns. But the thing is, like, in a movie, if I was doing a movie, I'd have it like, they almost bumped into each other or something. Like, show us something. They got him up on the World Trade Center, right? Yeah. Now is the time for him to go over the wall and right to the edge, about to jump off. That's when you rescue him. You know, like, the movie never... You, you... No one gets hurt in the cavern and is really lost, and now my foot is cut, and we got to carry him out. You He's know, gonna, look, yeah. I don't want to move in with you. There should be an emotional outburst. You know, like, take us on a trip here, writer-director. It's so it's so contingent to this game and this hysteria uh, that... Another I'm, hat. You know, one thing I should mention, uh, I, I was reading a recent website, which I should have written down. Jesus Christ. Well, anyway, uh, it's written by Morgan Seanette. Uh, I think it was USA Today or something. It was uh -huh. one of those, you won't believe this Stranger Things. It was The title was about Stranger Things. Yeah. Stranger Things has a and d subplot where a kid plays D&D &D and he's considered satanic. And that's an Easter egg spoiler, by the way. I'm spoiling Easter eggs. Is but, that in the new one? Because I've seen all of them. I don't remember that. I'm yeah, sure in, the, in season four, there's the Hellfire Club, which Eddie Manson... Uh -huh. uh, is the dungeon master and the town believes he killed Chrissy and is a Satanist. And okay. in this article, they talk about the satanic panic that happens. Satanic panic. Uh, I'm sure you know about those three kids. Uh, but uh, in 1980, there was a book called Michelle Remembers. And this was someone had repressed memories and remembered that he as a child was part of a satanic cult. Okay. And that kind of whipped up the satanic panic and um in fact uh some kid committed suicide in 1982 and his mom pamela uh thought what the reason was dungeons dragons i think i remember that as a news story so she started a group called bothered about dungeons and dragons in 1982 <laughs> bothered it's b-a-d-d -D, bothered about dungeons and dragons bad and she actually left the group in uh, 1990. So there was always this kind of hysteria about it. 
Uh, and then, of course, I, I was talking to him earlier. The guy's name was James Dallas Egbert III. He was the University of Michigan, the Michigan State University kid who was found uh, committed suicide in, right. in the cavern. His so, name was Egbert, I would have done it too. Really? If, his, if your name was Ed, Egbert, good morning, Egbert. No, that was his middle name. What was his name? His middle name was Dallas. It was James Dallas Egbert. It was one G. Oh, Maybe okay. I mispronounced it wrong. Maybe it's not a double hard G on there. Maybe it's Agaba. <laughs> the third. Okay, look, he's like, hey, buddy, can I borrow your skeleton? He's going to set up a massive real life, like ahead of his time escape room uh, in the caverns. And he's borrowing skeletons. And in the book, there's a scene where he writes a clue that only Daniel can recognize. And the reason is he wrote the clue in Hebrew. Uh -huh. And it says, like, take a left here in Hebrew. And in the book, written by Ron Jaffe, the character himself is resentful that uh, it's clever that J.J. used Hebrew and that he knew that Daniel was Jewish and that he knew some Hebrew. But he was also resentful of the fact that he was that for the same reason. Mm -hmm. That he's doing this because he knows he's Jewish, and he just he felt like Smola. I think that's turn left. TC yeah, I think CC Small. So I, I thought that was interesting. You know, as a twelve-year-old Jewish kid reading this book, that I get the same kind of resentment where people kind of call out like, "Oh, you must know Hebrew," and I'm like, "Yeah, I do actually, but I don't well, appreciate from it." Hebrew school, you know how you know how to read. Mora, the a teacher. That's all I know from Hebrew school. <laughs> uh, that, I, in in Spanish, it's turno izquierda. Turn a, a, key. a key. Turn a key. Turn a key. <laughs> Grassy ass. All right, so now they're all in costume and they're going to go into this thing. And so for the audience, they were playing Dungeons and Dragons, yeah, Mazes so and Monsters. Mazes and Monsters. The character dies, and that kind of ruins it for all four of them because they can't really play anymore. He goes, I propose we kick it up a notch, and I will be the dungeon master in real life. Maze controller. Maze controller. Now, do you remember a a role playing game called Top Secret? Yeah, I do actually. The same publishing house. One Your time, Tom Kroll did a live game of uh, Top Secret with all kids in Montclair, and I was the main spy guy. That was the greatest day of my life. Never mind getting married. Never mind my children being born. The most fun I've ever had in my life was playing yes, Tom Kroll's live action Top Secret game. Preach it. Oh, it was great, man. You know, I, I love it. Tell me more. So tell me how the game went. Tell me what well, you did. Well, I, I, I flew in, which was driving. I flew into the, and I went to the police station in Italy, which was Tom's house. And there somebody called from the red, what was the name of that terrorist group? The red. Uh, oh, I don't know. It's been, you're talking 40 years. And there, there was a bomb in Wajung Plaza. So I was like, holy shit. So I ran down to watch Young Plaza and who should be in Dino's Pizza, but all of like the players, including David Short. So I walked into D Dino's Pizza and there was a tension in the air. So they were all staring at each other. And it got to this breaking point in which David Short couldn't handle it anymore. So he takes his can of soda and throws it at the other guys in Dino's Pizza. And then the Dino guy kicked him out. And there was a big, it was just the greatest day ever. I found a secret note in the Wachung Plaza uh, statue. I infiltrated the red, what was their name? Red 
I, I infiltrated no, so the He did this whole thing. Like, do, did the kids enjoy themselves, or was it just you? This was a new day. I well, they were all playing their parts. I don't. I didn't interview them, but I think so. I I I had when I infiltrated the group, and they thought I was part of the. I went. We went to their hideout. And yeah. like a phone call came and I knew I was going to get exposed. So I opened the window and went out the window, went around to the lobby and we had a shootout. It was just the greatest day ever, man. It was like six it. hours of I'm a spy. So you would recommend our listeners to go out and LARP, live action role play. Well, I mean, if Tom Kroll is your dungeon master, I mean, yeah, he really absolutely. Well. And a shout out to David Short. I love David Short. I, we worked at Pathmark together 40 years ago. I hope maybe we might have to bleep out his name, but just a big, big hello. No, I'm not bleeping out his name or Tom Kroll. All right. All right. Okay. Well, hello to those guys. Uh, <laughs> they're, look, they're real people in the real world. And if they want to sue me, they may. They may. David you know, Short, it's you. I brought it up last week, but our hometown of Montclair, which we're talking about, Montclair, New Jersey, also had a D&D controversy, alleged, like the, the story legend had it. The high school itself, Montclair High, which you can see in the last episode of The Sopranos, has an amphitheater, an outside famous amphitheater with a brook. And the brook goes through the building into a tunnel. And in the tunnel, there are like mazes and monsters or whatever. But there were stories of kids in the 70s, high school kids, getting lost inside the uh, wow. brook. And my, my neighbor who went to high school in the seventies was telling me about these stories about, you know, maybe one guy went crazy, but I don't know. It's all hearsay. I know that right. our, our middle school and it was Glenfield and the, the field was by a Glen, which was a quarry and the quarry had like its branches and you could get lost out there. But, uh, I heard more stories about the, the tunnel inside the high school. Mm -hmm. So sure. Everyone has stories like that. Maybe. What a very cool setting he set up for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And even in the, in the novel, he, like, did it meticulously. He's like, you know, you poo-poo his hats, but he does have a sense of uh, flair. Yeah, I'm really poo-pooing the writer. Okay, so it's not a real human skeleton. It's a anatomy. Yeah. Right, he got it from his buddy that we saw in one scene. This is what I mean. Like, wouldn't it be cooler in the movie if he really goes to, like, the medical center where the cadavers are or whatever, and he talks to his friend? That's a real, you know, it's still got some flesh on it. I mean. So in our, in our version of Maze of the Monsters, I would like to have all four of them at the breaking point, not just Tom Hanks' character. Mm -hmm. And that they all, they all are going to descend in their own personal madness. But before they do, they realize that the other three are doing their own. They're like, hey. It's about me, guys. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, I'm the one who's supposed to get... The skeleton got yanked. Yeah, how does that work? I was wondering about that. Well, like, they were like, uh, what's his name? They're Robbie, where are you? Yeah, I don't think it's Robbie. Rob, Robbie is Tom Hanks. Uh, JJ yeah. is the... Is the... JJ, where are you? And then out of a voice out of nowhere, he goes, oh, you can't see me. I'm the maze controller. You can't see me. Never pay attention to, and then he's behind the scenes the whole. Wait, time. where are you? You can't see me. Don't question me. Wait, how did you set up a sound system in the cavern? Yeah, don't don't question, question me. me. What part? Don't question me. Don't you get? That doesn't make any sense. You would really have to work so hard. <laughs> it's a movie. Of course, I yeah. could work hard. There's no effort. 
Daniel, like right off the bat, is like putting breadcrumbs on the ground, like rice. And that's a, it's like we need a clue. And she touches the rice. He's like, "That's my rice to get out of the cavern." <laughs> that's right. He goes. She said, "Like here's some here's some seed or I forget." Yeah, yeah. and he's like, "Hey, man, that's my rice. Did you see me drop Don't it when we walk it. in? Don't touch it. You're touching my rice." <laughs> DC Dragon Maze Controller. She's touching my rice. They don't call him like a DM, right? That's a Dungeon Master. Dungeon Master. That's a dowel movement. The DM handbook. It's a dowel movement. Every morning I take a nice dowel movement. Yeah, I had I had to learn the hard way to take a BM, so I had the B, the BM handbook. Oh, <laughs> uh, like you know, this was shot in some studio. Yes, it, it had to be, even though there, because it doesn't really look. Okay, so I was in Arizona and there were these lava tubes. It was just like there was magma at one point and just made tubes. And so we went down into it. It gets freezing cold immediately. I'm talking Arizona here. It was a hot day. Arizona's hot. You go down into this cavern and immediately you're cold. And it wasn't a comfortable place. It was cold and humid, sticky on you with the cold. And you could absolutely slip. You had to walk cautiously. Okay, oh, he sees the yeah. Gorgon. Hey, like Gorgon. <laughs> uh oh. Well, when everyone gets there to help Tom Hanks, he will be Gorgon, right? Well, all right. Well, Tom, well, Tom Hanks is completely like he stabs him or stabs the monster. We don't want to ruin the story for the viewer, right? That we're no, what, so what's let's story? not bring up that later on. Oh my god. Well, this movie is 82, and what better way to celebrate 82 than Times Square in New York City? (laughs) Right? Like, we go straight to New York City in the early 80s. People today don't know. Times Square in the 70s and 80s was just a a disgusting place of pornography and serious drugs, heroin and stuff. It was a bad scene. We watched the documentary uh, Night of the Juggler on our show. Right. James, yeah. Me and Tom Kroll, we used to go into New York uh-huh, to, go to Times Square. Square and there would be pornographic movies and you could buy marijuana. I mean, we're 15, 16 years old. We're going to New York, mom. Have a good time. We'd get on the 66 bus and we would go in ill. We were just right. learning about life and it was a mistake. You would get out, you get out of the Port Authority and go, let's walk a half a block. We yeah. walked a half a block. We're in Times Square. Let's do it. That's exactly right. Oh, man. Look at the wind blowing her hair. You don't mind that. This isn't Florida wind. It's They're obviously in Canadian City Studios just cranking out this thing. So Are they in know. a VW Rabbit? Just like uh, Gone in 60 Seconds? Oh, yeah. Do you think they'll be in a car chase? No. The, the, we made a joke because the... the, the Doors were up. It looked like yeah, right. So this is definitely a Volkswagen, but I I just wonder if it's a Jetta or a. Oh, so we were slow motion because this is this was a TV movie, as we said. But however, anything with Tom Hanks is you can't bury it. So this was a DVD release. This Uh has been so. If you ever type in Mazes and Monsters, you'll find it, and you'll find a huge face of Tom Hanks, like the angels and demon looking Tom Hanks, right. Looking oh. over his shoulder. 
Interesting. Angels and demons. You know, and it's funny because I was reading the uh, user reviews on IMDb, and somebody right. just said, I thought this was going to be about real monsters. It's like a fantasy movie. <laughs> I didn't realize it was about kids playing a role-playing game. Yeah, right, well, he's so, probably old. Now, this is it. This is where the movie changes. <laughs> okay, this is his dream again about the... I am the Great Hall. Once you gloried in killing, now you are the higher level. To attain the highest level, you must be holy in all your life. You must be pious, pious, humble, humble. celibate. No, I got it. Pious and humble. What's the third one? But I want the glacier of fighter. But I want to dip it yeah. in. That's right. A uh, juice sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, gotta... what did you just say you did? What did yeah. you say? Oh, want to dip it in, uh, yeah, you know, you get yourself a French dip. You want to dip that meat in the juice, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, Mike, the old Mike is back. I love it. I actually I actually thought about that watching this movie. Like, he can't dip it. <laughs> no juice. Oh, juice sauce. No juice for you. No juice for you. It's such a weird note. Like, I don't know if it was in the original novel that he has to... You must be humble. Sure, I, I people tell me I'm humble. Pious. Oh, yeah. Right away, you and smell of it. Sure, I'll be. No, what? What? Hi. You want, you oh, want me to be celery? Listen, if you please, could you just get your vagina away? I just. Okay, please. Hey, please move it. I. Okay, I. I can't be with you anymore. What? I would really like to. I just can't. I have to be celibate. Now, this movie, she should have a reaction. I mean, you can see she's hurt. She's a good actress and everything. But I'm saying as a director, as a writer, she should. We need to go on the emo emotional roller coaster with her now. You I know? think she does, a, she does a fine job. It's not, I mean, it's the script sucks. Yep. Script sucks. I'm not talking. Okay. Yes. We are saying the same thing. Yeah. I think that the movie as a story doesn't take us on an emotional journey the way a movie's supposed to. It's supposed to be that it, every scene you enter like negative and you leave it positive. And then you enter the next scene positive and then it turns negative. You're supposed to be going into the, on this like thrilling the viewer. What's going to happen? Oh, now she's pissed. <laughs> well, you know, the movie starts off with a newscast outside the caverns. And you have ambulances, you have police, you I mean, you have the newscaster, you have the, the, the haggard uh, Mayor Vaughn for fucking Jaws. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Police chief or detective. It never really pays off. They never return to that place. No, they do return to that place. It's a total fake out. I will tell our audience right now, nobody dies yeah, that's what I mean. Like we nobody gets murdered. Nobody goes so psycho that they uh, put some salt on that day. That's too much salt, dude. And why? Why don't you have ketchup on your? Oh, <laughs> well, you know they're Canadian. You'll notice the mayonnaise on the side. Shh. Actually, no. Look, ketchup and mustard is what we right see right there. Yeah, you should put some ketchup. It's right there. Maybe he doesn't see it. Maybe the the napkins in the way. No, he yeah. sees. He sees that. Okay. That is 
eight ounces of cola. It's a lot of cola in '82. <laughs> now you get like a mega glass. I remember Jolt Cola came out in the Love early Jolt. '80s. Was it the early '80s? I forget. Yeah, '80s, mid '80s, maybe. I think it was later 80s. I loved it. Twice the sugar, all the caffeine. Right. And everyone ran out and gave that soda a, like a big bump. And then the people in the office were like, we're going to be millionaires. But un unfortunately for them, it was a fad. And after people had a few Joe Jolt Colas, they thought, I did that once. Yeah. They're done. You can see Jolt Cola in Gremlins 2. Oh, yeah. The executive is drinking it. But that was funny. Well, they're concerned. And what about his, um, his blessing people all the time and giving his stuff away and acting so holy? He's just staying in character. Yes, I know, and that's exactly what I'm worried about. He's right. taking his fantasy character so much into real... So you think there's going to be a murder. It's a fake-out. This yeah. movie starts out with a false alarm. He's not even in the caverns. We were talking about Times Square. They all yeah. think he went to the cavern. He's lost in Times Square. He's like Jason when he take, took Manhattan. He got off the boat. He walked in the pier. Somebody attacks him. He kills him. He tell me about that that movie. It was like he's the police chief. Looking, what is that movie? Uh, Jason takes Manhattan. Yeah, what is that? So it's Friday the Thirteenth, and the idea is that now Jason's not in the summer camp anymore. He's in Times Square killing people. However, it's a fake out. If you watch the movie, Jason has to get to Times Square somehow. So he's on a right. boat. And teenagers are on the boat. And basically, the entire movie is the boat ride. And Jason's, like, killing people on a boat. And when he arrives on the, the pier, I guess, the Hudson Pier, as it were. Right. Uh, my balls are blue. Good. <laughs> you're, you're, you're doing your... You're doing it right. Present your balls. Do I have to present? Okay. Look. All right. All right. Oh, oh, they're blue as smurf berries. Good job, dude. <laughs> Keep it a celibate. Oh, you got restraint. Great wizard. I looked up the word celibate. I thought you were talking about celery, which I was cool with, but you know, <laughs> just a bit. Yeah, I, you know, I dabble in eBay. I sell a bit. Look, so here we go. This is the scene you're talking about. He sees her, him riding back. Does a Yui. Yeah. yeah, see, that's this is the point in which I realized I was like, she could have like almost hit him. He swerves away or something, and she goes, Whoa, that was uh so that was Mr. Handsome, you know. Also, he like they go into the cavern. Now I'm thinking they're calling for each other, right? And they find each other. It would be so much better if they he was calling, you know, and he she finds him injured. And then she's got to, with her, like, all the strength she can muster, rescue him and get him out of there. I don't know. I think the film, it still could have been the same length of scene, and we would just, I don't know. Well, it's a TV movie, right? So they have to yes. fill the two hours. And they drop the ball. I think. Yeah. I, I wish the cavern paid out. There, there is no peril in the, in the, in the cavern. There yeah, is no like that's right. And that's the perfect setting for it. Because I've been in the I've been in the tunnels in the high school. You only go so far. Wait, you have? I you just, you know, you walk on the brook and you, you Okay, so of... in the amphitheater, you jump right. into the brook and you start heading for that bridge, which mm -hmm. is the street. 
Is that where you enter the? I think there was like an entrance in the high school in the freshman building. Okay. But it's been a while, obviously. In the annex, Georgina Annex. Yeah. Did you did you now? There's no like. He's not there, right? They're right. not going to find him in the cavern. Him. And they, they get really kind of peeved. And they go to the worst police station. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about last week we watched Society. And then you kept calling that the cop is just is terrible at his job. He's just a total prick. Yup. This character. Actually, really... Yeah, this guy. Go ahead. Murray Vaughn or whatever his name is. He uh, He's just like, he just doesn't give him a time of day. And at one point, he just says, listen, to be honest with you, he's probably dead. Right. Yeah. I remember that. I was like, wow, this insensitive bitch. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Telling his friends, chances are likely. Chances are likely he's hanging from a stagmite. Is it stagmite or stagmite? The lag tight? What is it stagmite? called? Stagmite. Well, there's one that hangs from the ceiling, and there's one that, right. comes, one that comes up from the ground. Floor. Stalagmite, stalactite, something like that. Yeah. I just remember copolite, which is fossilized dinosaur dung. Uh, co co yeah, copolite. Uh, uh, corporate. Uh, corporate. I forget. You made me forget. I would know that if you just asked me straight out. Well, because I'm sure. Didn't you ever go? Hey, can I copolite? So, <laughs> and I was like, "Ew, gross!" No, gross. Do you want dinosaur dung? Get out of here! Fuego. I'm not fossilizing dung for you. I dabble in eBay. I sell a bit. <laughs> is that funny? Should I try to make that? Yeah, I like that. Are you celibate? Yeah, I sell a bit on eBay. I dabble. On eBay. Skyline High School in Oakland, I believe. Or Skyline. It was fuzzy, the A&E biography I watched. On eBay, what? Facebook Marketplace. Now, this is not the first movie adaptation for Rona Jaffe. Her oh. first novel from 1958, The Best of Everything, was a huge success. And then the next year, Joan Crawford starred in the movie. And they're both like, it's about, she, she, when she started, she was really young. Like, she started working uh, uh, at Fawcett Publications in the 40s. Like, she, and but she was 25 years old. She was an editor, and her novel, The Best of Everything, is about five employees at a publishing house. Okay. And, uh, so Joan Crawford, and it was a huge movie, and then her foundation, as I was mentioning, it stopped in 2020, uh, but it would reward, like, female authors, like, mm -hmm. give them an endowment so they can write. And uh, Now, she must have been young because, I mean, that's the 40s, and here we are in the 80s, and she's relevant with Dungeons & Dragons. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I can never tell. Like, she's written 16 novels, so I don't feel like she's ghostwritten them. Do you know, like, some of these authors become names and become brands, and by necessity, oh, and then, mm -hmm. you know, if you're Danielle Still, there's no reason why you shouldn't be ghostwritten because it's beyond yourself as an author. It's It's a thing. You know, you're Tom Clancy. I suppose yes. Um, it's Stephen King never goes. Do you think uh, Reacher, the Lee Childs? Do you think he goes right to stuff? I don't. I wouldn't have a clue of like why I would make the guess. You know. But these are all serialized stuff. Her stuff was more. You know, there were different books, different characters. I don't know if she's ever done in like a sequel in her in her stories. 
Yeah, so her uh, father was a principal, and her mom was the daughter of a construction uh, heir. Like okay. Uh, yeah, that's all I really. Oh, one no. of her books is called "Mr. Wright is Dead," which I thought was cool. She well, then how did he write if he's? How did the book come out? If okay, no. now you see, they just kissed, and now they're going to become boyfriend and girlfriend. Here is an opportunity for our movie to get Hanks. A little crazy and then right. do some incident and then he focuses himself no i'm celibate i think it's more right I, th thing. I think it's more just character development between daniel and and katie because what daniel is saying he's a lover's boy right and even the jj kind of calls him out he says yeah you're a ladies man and he's like yeah but this reputation kills me for getting a real romance like right. no one wants to be romantically involved with me because i have this uh you lady know killer lady killer uh uh, perception and it hurts like sure i can get anonymous uh here and there but i sure, don't I do have well a relationship a yeah <laughs> and so uh she's they just had this chat and she's like you know you're a lot deeper than you come across or whatever like he she basically says what he wants to hear yep and they're falling in love and what's another thing that's interesting carl about tv movies and i don't know if it was in the book but you know, like the TV season starts on, on trust in the fall, right? You have the fall season, and school oh, Ted starts. Oh, Danson is in this. Yeah, yeah, he makes a cam. It's his earlier appearance. It's a pre <laughs> pre tears. Okay, so you've got your fall lineup. Yeah, so you have fall lineup, and school starts in the fall. So sometimes you have shows about school, right? You're welcome back, Carter's, right. and because it lines up, and this movie kind of lines up because it takes place after Christmas. They aired it after Christmas. Okay, but it starts school, which is September. And now you have October, the Halloween. So I feel like you're approaching Christmas in this film, which as a viewer, the film has. So I just feel like everything is lined up with the holidays. Everything's lined up with like the way the, the TV series starts. I don't know. I, 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 I sound abstract, but I feel like it's appropriate for a television movie bring up these holidays and have it air in December because these holidays just happen. Like you okay. see this, yeah. yeah. So it's on your mind as a... I think there's always like television is always calendar, right? You always have a Thanksgiving episode. You always have a, uh, a, a Christmas episode. Yes. You always have a Christmas episode, no matter what. Yeah. And even with streaming shows that Hawkeye show, they premiered in December. It was all about Christmas. It was an entire season about Christmas. Let me be the first, uh, to wish you this year, Michael, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Merry oh my Christmas. God. I feel Merry Christmas to you, Carl. I, I, I can't believe here we are Let's in July. Let's play some Christmas music. Okay. Ready? Let's sing our yeah, traditional yeah. Christmas. Christmas, 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 Christmas. Love that song. Oh, my God. Look at Tom Hanks. Shut up. Christmas song. Not a fan. So he's got completely in his head. Completely cleric. Clericized. I understand. One thing about this film that really rocks, and no matter how corny it acts, it's Tom Hanks. It's he has yeah. a Tom Hanks voice that just sells it, and it's <laughs> early Tom Hanks. It's bosom buddies, you know, yeah. bachelor it's party. Early Tom Hanks. It's bosom buddies. Tom Hanks. Yeah, because Tom Hanks, God bless him. There's cycles, and people know him from the cycles. You know, I know him as the man for one red shoe bachelor party, jokey volunteers. Uh, Volunteers, yeah. Yeah, uh, Splash, I guess. Well, I guess Splash established him as, okay, this guy could be box office. It was, this movie's a big hit.
Well, Big was huge. I actually saw that in Oakland. Actually, oh, was Big was a big hit. That, I mean, that's is that it? That's not funny. No, no, no. It's... <laughs> <laughs> wow! Look at his jacket. Well, it's it's a leather jacket and a sweater. Yeah, it's cold out. Maybe it's cold outside. <laughs> Maybe I like to sweat. So yeah, no, no, Hanks. Let me ask his roommate, uh, Hildy. Now look, his money is there. His wallet, like he's missing now. He has disappeared. They asked his roommate, Hildegard. <laughs> Who is Hildegard? You remember from Bosom Buddies? It was Kip and Henry. Oh, and they had to dress up as women. That's so who, right. Yeah. They had these ridiculous names. What if we did Some Like It Hot every week? That was back when you had the uh, opening credits of a sitcom explain the story week after week. So yep. you had a Every fully time. licensed song that they can't rebroadcast in syndication, right? So you had the Billy Joel song. And then you also had, it starts off with this, like, you know, my friend Kip and I, we're young guys in the city. And yeah, I just can't get a break. The Fresh right. Prince of Bel-Air. You yeah, well, the that whole was story. The whole story. It's the story. Of a luck play, play. Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine act, but every show would every tell show you would the whole give premise. you the premise. Bosom so, Buddies actually had like the premise and the song separate. Okay, here's another opportunity. They call up the drunk mom, right? Who has right? A, a glass in their hand? Yeah, and he goes. He wasn't in class, and she's like, does he do that all the time? I mean, it was our film's opportunity for her to, like, freak out on the girl on the phone, um, our heroine on the phone, and give her emotional stress. We're coming down there. No, no, there's no need, man. Well, this is you. You We're going to pitch a streaming TV show based on Mazes and Monsters. will be a six-season show premise, but we'll have, like, I just want the mom to do something. Like, it's nice that the parents show up. Like, in 82, when we were kids, we were like, whatever. We relate to the the players. But, you know, you get older, you're like, oh, there's parents involved. How cute. But they don't do anything. Like, she should have said, oh, no, not Mazes and Monsters. I want to meet you guys over at the Dave's Cookies shop. Right. Or Mrs. Fields or something. She heard, like, scary music and goes, Mazes and Monsters again. You yeah. don't understand what happened last time. Hello? We have a bad connection? Meet She's me at the arcade at Times Square. Meet me at the Pac-Man pop-up. Come on, ratchet up the tension movie. Yeah. We've it got was... a missing person here. Do you know why he was kicked out? Like, you have, like, a previous Eminem player show up and be like, he went really into his character, man. That's why my streaming show will be episode after episode. It'll be eight-hour episodes. Yes. And it's, it's going to be an eight-hour movie, Carl. <laughs> and uh, there'll be a scene where you have backstory. It will start off with a flashback, episode four. Like, even the choice of this car. Like, we're watching a movie, so... They took the Canadian Give me some eye candy. Give me, you know. No, it's a movie. You have eye candy. You have Hasgood Hardy singing these original songs, right? Everyone's young. What? Who? I'm saying Hasgood Hardy. What? There's production to this show, the movie. Uh It's the music. Who cares about the the car? Is always whatever sponsor. You know how television works. If it's the director's car, you can borrow mine. (laughs) It's not, this isn't a good. All right. 
then after Tom Hanks, like I guess uh, he won back to back Oscars. You remember after that for Splash? No, not this oh. is in the nineties. It was uh, Philadelphia, and then Forrest oh, Gump. Right, Philadelphia. As actor, Forrest Gump too, huh? Yeah. Was it Forrest Gump or was it Saving Private Ryan? Well, Saving Private Ryan certainly more Oscar worthy. I don't know. That was ninety nine or yeah. He like has that. a weird, like not a weird reputation. I don't know if you've ever seen the Simpsons movie. He shows up as himself, and he says, "If you see me, please ignore me." You know, and I thought that was a very real moment. Like he's a private guy. I just saw the recent tabloid footage of them, him and Rita Wilson, his uh, walking out of the airport, and uh -huh. paparazzi accidentally trips Rita Wilson, and he goes, what? "Come on, guys!" He like breaks his cool. That's yeah. not cool. Get out of our way. And all the paparazzi is like. Sorry, Mr. Hanks. Sorry, Tom. Oh, sorry, Tom. Okay. Sorry, Mr. Hanks. Sorry, Mr. Hanks. And they're scolding that paparazzi. Yeah. That you know, we're sorry, Mr. Hanks. It's a real, it's a real moment. But I think he's a private guy, and you allow his privacy. The, saying he's Mr. Nice Guy or saying he's a mean bastard, just let him be. I mean, like, I'm uh -huh. sure he's, I'm sure he's a bit of both, right? There's and no also, things, Michael, yeah. every time I am ever around a famous person, which has happened a million times, I leave them alone. Yeah. I don't even say, hi, I love your movies. Just leave them alone. Leave them alone. It's, it's a thrill to be in their presence. I don't need a selfie. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Tom Hanks is always like Mr. Nice Guy. There's actually a documentary, which I wasn't able to see from this year, called Tom Hanks, Hollywood's Mr. Nice Guy. Really? Yeah. That the, sounds like a Keanu Reeves story. Right. He has that, that rep, too. Yeah. This director, by the way, Directed, directed Keanu Reeves in one of his earliest roles, too. He was one of those guys. Uh, was it the TV movie you talked about? Okay. No, well, that was that was a, that was was like a real people for kids on Nickelodeon. That was called oh, oh, Great. And he was just like on, he was on the street reporter at that point. Hey, so I, I heard you uh, you have a big band of rubber bands. That's, that's right, Keanu. Uh, it's Keanu. <laughs> that's right, Keanu. Keanu Reesburg. Don't forget. Is that a Hawaiian name? I, I, you know what? I don't know. Do you ever see the movie Keanu? That was good, too. The yeah, Keanu. that was good. It had nothing to do with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> now, we're not going to... I don't want the Kittridge kid spilling out on the a half-assed autopsy on a fish. <laughs> hear his voice. Oh, okay. Hang on a sec. Can I, we, we missed the... But you said he was your good friend. Yeah, yeah what the fuck, guy? Everything. All I know is that he mentioned them once or twice. Yeah, they kind of do this chicken shit where they, they don't want to get in trouble, but they kind of let the cops know that so someone might be lost. They don't want to let the police know they went to the caverns and they fucked around yeah. in there because it's off limits. Although there's no danger in the film, you know? It, yeah, right. One trip is all you need. Like yeah. someone going, oh, be careful there. That's right. There is no peril. Oh, man. Look at that. That's her dorm room. Sweet. Listen, I'm not saying this movie's bad. I mean, they did their job. It's just a TV film, and it's just, you know, they threw it together or whatever. I'm just saying they've missed opportunities here to really take us on a – it doesn't never – this film never emotionally engages you. Well, the dialogue is cheesy fun. It's exploitative, right? It's based on this, this story. It's kind of based on the, the current satanic panic 
right. uh, that was, was going the buzz, on. So let's capitalize on let's it. Let's capitalize on it. And the book knocked it off and they, and they made a movie out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and it's the dialogue. I think is is the star of this movie, which is just so. Which is over with when I came along. What do you guys think happened? Here we go. One of the players Robbie played with got carried away and killed him. Well, that's kind of far out. Mazes and monsters is a far out game. Wait, so, so we are learning the backstory of the spells. Battles, no, it's a fake out, Carl. This is all in the cop's head. The cops is saying, yeah, I think he murdered someone. That sounds like a great movie. Let's watch this movie you're talking <laughs> yeah, about. That's yeah, right. that's the thing, too, is like there's some sympathy to the characters, which is nice, you know, especially because we're talking about mental illness. Like he doesn't go on a no one does get killed in this movie. Right? No, no, there is sympathy to the characters, but we are watching a movie. It's I take it back, Carl. He does kill somebody, doesn't he? You talk about New York City in oh, the night. Oh, that's right. The Gorn. Yeah. The only Star Trek connection. You don't even know what I'm talking about. I what thought it was like Gary Gygax. They were making fun of the guy's name. Like uh -huh. the guy who created Dungeons and Dragons, right? His last name is Gygax or something yes, like that. Yes, right. So isn't it like a Gygaxian monster they have to fight in this? Thing? I did. I like I said. I only do watched research. it one time last night as I was falling asleep. Why were you doing that? Why not? Why not uh, watch yeah, why it? Not? I'm why see not? It tomorrow morning. So. And so this is the real map JJ was hiding from. Them. Okay, so the thing is, they were supposed to get rid of, destroy, or hide all of the evidence that they went into the caverns. So when he pulls out the map, the map that's our director and writer's chance for them to say, what the hell, man? You idiot! You know, really give but, us an emotional... But that's like the scorpion, the frog. He's like, what did you expect? I control mazes. Of course <laughs> I held the map. I was proud of it. He does say. Okay, so now we're, we're circling back to the beginning scene. Oh, we are. Yeah. Okay. So now they're searching for a body who's not there. He's in Times Square. And they give this ludicrous, like... Yeah, be careful. Look, mazes and monsters. 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 Only people who have gone to carlsucks.com will know what I'm talking about. Tell me your story about twirling the mic. I twirl the mic. That's all. Oh. There's no story. I thought, like, then some comic dropped it on the ground. You know, when you have a truth bomb, you have to drop the mic. <laughs> that's what, yeah, that's right. I actually dropped an equipment owned by the bar. I forget about this. What did he just put on the... He put a manila envelope on the windshield of one of the cops. What, what is? I don't know. Hey, uh, Here we go. Martini? There you go. You don't say on it. All right. What's that? What's what we came to find out? We haven't had much luck. I like the hats. At this point, the hat's the only personality quirk in this film. Yeah. Right? Like, remember, we thought he dropped it, but he's still wearing. But he's wearing like a very respectful yet yeah, sporty hat. Yeah, as if he was not a weirdo. He was just yeah, a stylish. Kid. Yeah. 
Got to go to this, down to the station. This guy, I did research him, like, out of all the other actors, because uh, he's been in over, like, a hundred television shows and shit like that. Who are we talking about here? Murray the, Hamilton is the his name. Of, best, I was yes. speaking in the best interests of the town. Now, uh, Carl, you may have also seen him on Kojak, uh, McLeod, McMillan and Wife, uh-huh. uh, Police Story, Medical I remember Center. that one. I remember that episode. He, his last role, he played the president in this movie, which if it was on YouTube, we would watch it. It's called oh. Oops Apocalypse from 86. <laughs> uh, that's the one where Michael Richards shows up in blackface, if you're counting. Wow. Counting. Yeah, so he plays the president. He plays like a Ronald Reagan in that. He's, uh, I know him from BJ and the Bear. Uh, he was also in 1941, Emmyville Horror. Uh, yeah, Emmyville Horror. Yes, he yeah, was. he was Father Ryan. Uh, and also, I know him from the movie "If It's Tuesday, It Must Be Belgium," which is about a never American on Tuesday. Never on Tuesday. Actually, I almost made that a movie for us because it's on YouTube. If it's Tuesday, it must be Belgium. It's about American tourists going around Europe, and it's just I don't know. Just, I couldn't do it. Okay, Gunsmoke, Doctor Kildare. He was known for like a, he, he started off in the forties as a Broadway guy and okay. uh, he was in Mr. Roberts was his big role. He actually got to do the lead and uh, he's also known in the hustler. He tried to take that Paul Newman and uh, he's also Mr. Robinson in the movie, the graduate. That's right. He's the dad. Uh, yeah. You know, that song, uh, goodbye, Mr. Robinson. I remember she he she accused uh, what's his name of raping him her I don't yeah. know I don't know but and um, then, uh, his last he role was he'll never lose to go ahead he, his last role was he was the dad in in Golden Girls he was Blanche's dad and he passed away in season one and they had an actor replace him in season two that is disrespectful well you know now uh, yeah, that looks Slayer. Here we go. Now, here's real Tom Hanks. After 40 minutes, an hour and a half, a movie that starts off with a with a reporter saying there's some kind of tragedy in the cavern, a missing person. This guy, he's never was in the cavern the entire right. movie. He's My, just been walking around like some suburban kid. Wait, you see in there. the background, I was about to claim they were staying away from the sleaze. Uh, right. Uh, I movie. saw some flesh in the background. See, Times Square was far away across the street, and then he was walking with his back to all the smut. Now, I don't know. I think they are trying to hide Times Square's raunchiness here. That's a good point. Oh, look, they're searching for his friend, so he's wearing his deer hunter hat. It's Sherlock Holmes. Oh, that is so stupid. Okay. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's the only personality. Yeah, you're right. We we gotta uh, not admire it, but but stick with it because it's all this movie's given us. You know, one of the great TV trivia I've heard was that uh, in the monkeys, Michael Nesbitt's character was originally going to be called Wool Cap. Oh right, I've heard that. Yeah, and he said, "Fuck you," <laughs> right? Basically, yeah. in whatever is in the late Michael Nesbitt's way, I'm Wool Cap. Right. And didn't he like not wear it in the last season or something? As a yeah, time? right, absolutely. He took it off shortly thereafter. Here is Times Square. Look at that—a seedy liquor store. So, oh, scaffolding! Oh, the seedy scaffolding. How can they oh, show that? We saw on TV? a little flesh there. Look, respectable couple. Uh oh, not respectable it's couple. It's the, the Gorn. Gorn. 
So this is one thing about this film is that I think Tom Hanks might have like he he commits a crime right now. He never like the eighties. We're thugs. Right. This is what a thug should look like, and it wasn't true in the real world. Now, where's the alleyways? Where's his what? Sword. Oh, uh, I think he takes it from one of the guys. He's running down Crime Alley by the the theater showing the (laughs) Mark of Zorro. Crime Alley. (laughs) Not a good sign. Mom, Dad, let's go down Crime Alley. That was a great movie, the Mark of Zorro. Oh, man, I can't believe the Wayne family went to see that together. Dead end. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, gee, fellas. Yeah, he has that Tom Hanks voice going on. Amazing. Here comes the corn. Is that his spell or something? His talisman? I know we're playing the uh, the Hardy soundtrack. All right, so yeah, he he believes it's the monster and his talisman. Now he pulls well, he out. It's not his own knife. Yeah, his sword. Yeah. He basically kills a man on TV oh. and, and never gets called out for it. That's right. He just gets um. Look, he just did it. He did. He stabbed him in the chest. I'm out of here. He doesn't run <laughs> okay, back and he's help. He's not dead. He's not dead. Are we going to see any flesh? No, it's a comic no, book it's store. It's a comic book store. Spider-Man was on it. Oh, there's KO Jelly on my knife. Better go to the arcade. What is this mayonnaise doing on my knife? Well, it's Canadian. Uh, we didn't have. Yeah, we were having French fries. So what else would I bring out? Is that an arcade in there? Those were so cool back in the eighties. Yeah, where I used that to... didn't go move forward. I mean, we had our home game systems, and there was right. no reason to make a. You didn't need were... to go to the arcade. But like a Times Square was based on the arcades from the fifties, and like so, they would still have the old school like pinball and old school like weird pseudo gambling machines. Okay, now he realizes he killed somebody. Now she's a good actress the way she pretends to be tired. I hate in movies when they're like, "Hello," like when a dog <laughs> immediately ready to go. Oh, That's- I hate it when the, the phone rings and you hear him audibly sigh, and then they. They turn the clock to a certain angle so they see it's 4 a.m. Right. Yeah. Let's uh, listen. I'm wrong on my knife. What happened? But it's on my hands. I think I killed somebody. I know I killed somebody. Mommy, just tell me where you are. Uh, 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 40th and, and, and 8th. Which isn't the heart of Times Square. 40th and 8th? Right. It's the other side of Port Authority. Right. But he ran. He ran away. The fashion district. But he ran. Listen, when you stab someone in Times Square, you're not going to call from the (laughs) the phone booths right out there. Everyone knows that. Yeah, run. You got to find an available working phone booth, uh, you know, maybe on 40th and 8th. They were were always available and working back in the day. Oh, but there was always lies. And people would fucking go nuts if you would make a second call. And I made a mistake as a young, impressionable young man. I call, I hung up and I redialed and I called a different number. And the guy behind me goes, hey, what the fuck? Yeah, I know. I'm waiting my turn here. Can I have a turn already? Can I have a turn? 
Well, all right. Now, our, our uh, JJ, I think this is the reason why we started off with JJ's house. Okay. She said, meet us at JJ's Brownstone or whatever. That's probably why the film started there because we'd be yeah. Look there. at that. 42nd Street, there was also a, movie, a show called that. Was that Rockwell? 42nd Street? What? That was a Broadway play. This is open 24 hours, but I don't know what it is. Ah, the old 8th Avenue subway. Oh, they look, they're waiting in line for the phone. But he's in a trance. He doesn't realize what's going around. Yeah, he's no, overwhelmed. He, he sees the Gorn again. But no, he doesn't. He thinks he sees no. the guys. He, yeah, so, well, I think he realizes he, he stabbed somebody. So that derails him from his trip. He goes down the subway, but somehow right. he gets to the lower level of the subway. But don't you think it makes sense if you've been yeah. hanging out in caverns and in, in yeah. school? Right, you're going into a dungeon. Right. I don't think I ever got my way through there. And I think it was creative the way they handled his conversation with the bum, if, if I'm allowed to call him that. He's a TV bum, we're going to say? The homeless yeah. person. Too bad yeah. they didn't get flowers, buck flowers to... To Can do, it oh, be that you just open a door and you're in the Maybe abandoned. it's possible. Well, why would you open the door in the first place? So, I mean, he did something that wasn't expected. And we didn't see him pay the turnstile, that's for sure. Right. We saw him hop over it while Billy Joel music played. <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to pay. That was a Billy Joel record. Yeah, the, well, that, they, you know, the syndication, they weren't able to play the song because they had to pay uh, royalties every time they did. So, they didn't want to uh, do it? Yeah, it's too expensive. Wow. Yep. Wow. Okay, so you'll notice that the Twin Towers is in this movie, and in the last act, it's going to be the main point. As Carl mentioned, we're going to go on the roof of the Twin Towers. Yeah, and... now, the thing is, I went to the observation deck, and here it sort of looks like that was a place that you weren't allowed to go. I agree with you. And also, you'll notice they'll say the escalators, roof closed. Yeah. And that they have a, the escalators are closed. Yet somehow they get to the roof. Well, they they just there became steps. But if the roof's closed, they wouldn't be able to get to the steps to the roof. No, they, that's what the alarm was going off. Remember, they ran through where Tom Hanks went. Set oh off my the god! Seriously, honest to god, there must have been so much security. Like they're not going to have somebody get to the roof on their own. The, well, you're what, right about that. It's just the, a film. You're right. Well, hang on a second. So, so the Twin Towers were what? Built in the 70s, and then you had the guy who uh, did the cross uh, cross rope? Cross yeah, the, that's right. The French uh, trapeze, uh, French, um, yeah, he was a performance artist, and he walked across on a Yeah. Oh, my God. So scary. So scary. And then uh, I'm sure the security. So anyway, he, this is the different premise he's in. He's underneath the subway, and he hears the train above, and he thinks, of course, it's the dragon. Right. And, and I think it's creative the way he, you know, they handled the talking to the homeless person. Because it, it, this guy comes off a little. He says, what's your name? And the guy says, I'm, you know. Yeah. And he goes, I'm the king of France. I'm the he king goes, of France. Your Majesty. He bows down in Tom Hanks' way. And he, so he he shows respect to the guy. 
And then when the guy's talking to him, the guy realizes that Tom Hanks is like calling the subway a dragon. Yeah. And you can see in his face that he, I'm going to afford him the same respect this guy's giving me. I don't know. I mean, it, it is a good moment in this movie. Whoa! You don't have to fear me. I am for you. I am a holy man. Right? I'm the king of friends. <laughs> oh, your majesty. your majesty. Finally, the film is giving me what I'm looking for. Right. I have been on a very long quest. I, I'm going to pause it there, but... Why? We can't, we're not getting sued, Mike? I'm not here all year. How long have you been down here in the tunnel? I meaning to find another place. I used to all sink it. Can you tell me of the giant dragon? On my travels here, I heard. Oh, wait, here's the part where the guy's dragon. like, Dragon? Yes, the giant dragon. Oh, the one above. There he is. Oh, uh, yeah. About that. Don't go Does up there. Stand guard over the treasure. Oh, the treasure, right? You say. Stay away from up there. Catch you. It'll, it'll throw you out. We'll get down this far. See. You are very wise. Are Perhaps very you wise. can help me. Perhaps you can help me. I am in search of the Great Hall. I remember this scene because it was finally like, okay, now we're watching a movie. Yeah, yeah, I know. Look. All right, so he's gonna get it's gonna get up to the twin towers. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like they play it earnestly. These ridiculous lines they do for the for the role playing. They they deliver deliver, and he, he is Tom Hanks, you know, yeah. and. He has this like gravitas and uh, lightness cadence to his, his and, voice. Yeah, his yeah. cadence is direct, but it really does have like this gravitas. I don't know. Does wow, how lucky a parking space right in front of the thing <laughs> you're going to. We'll take it. Very Pull over neat. there. And leave the windows down and unlock the car. No, no, this is a this is his uh I guess his private townhouse or whatever. It is. Yeah, no, so well, this... it's his apartment building, but yeah, it's a richy rich place. So maybe they have that spot available for the valet. Mm -mm. Is can't... there a valet? Because there's no parking lot to take it to. Yeah, the hotel. Oh, a ghost. Ghost. <laughs> ghost. Carl, take it easy. It's just, it's just white seats over the place. I see Casper. It's they're, they're sitting... Wait, are they sitting Shiva? You, you know, know recently we... for the first time ever, I sat Shiva, and it really wasn't so bad. It was, I yeah, mean, it was oh, yeah. you yeah. A little couple shivers, but yeah, it wasn't right. too cold. Yeah, it was, the weather was fine. Turns it into like not Casablanca. Casablanca, but the set of Casablanca. This is where Mr. Bogart would sit. Right, it's the movie set. Yeah, which okay. reminds me of Carl. Our, Carl um, look, there's a time traveling MAGA guy. You see the guy in the red hat in the background? Yeah, he's a MAGA. He's, he's staring his... right into this guy. He doesn't move. Make he knows America they're shooting. Great. Look, he's he went to the future to stare down Tom Hanks. You brought COVID into the world. I'm gonna get you, Tom Hanks. I tried to travel to the set of Voices of the Monsters. He doesn't move. He's the one of the weirdest, like it's real life New York, right? Yes. This guy sees her shooting this thing. He stops so cold in his tracks and he looks right in his little beady eyes, right into the camera, right into me watching it. And Creepy. says, I am from the future, and only you know it watching yeah. 2022. 
I don't really like how he's walking around like, what, what? I think he should I just know. see the towers and then be focused on getting to them. We saw him walking around like that at night in Times Square. Okay, that's cool. And then during the day right. in downtown, okay, yeah, no, whatever. Now he knows, yeah. right. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a scary place. He has his direction. He knows where he's heading. So he shouldn't. Okay, so now they're going to figure it out. The two towers is that Tolkien book. That's how they're gonna. He doesn't oh, right. mean the book. He means the the twin towers. And Hall, he means his missing brother. Missing brother. Yeah, he told me that. Like in the before the first before the first commercial break, that his brother <laughs> ran away. Why did you tell me? You know what? I don't know. I was getting ready for Carson. I I wasn't thinking. Oh no, this <laughs> is CBS. Wait. They do do a little snapping at each other in this scene, and and we almost had the opportunity to have some emotion. Well, because are they dating now? Who's I mean, are they seeing each other, Daniel and Katie? Yes. Yeah. Ooh, Batman logo. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's for some Canadian punk band. <laughs> like there's shots in New York, and then there's shots where I'm sure it's not. Yeah, look how many cabs there were back then. No Ubers. Oh, follow that cab. Manhattan really does still have the appearance, just not as many cabs, but there's enough. Like instead enough, of eight, yeah. there's only seven, but there's okay. only five. You know, it's still prominent. And you do step onto the street, put your hands up. It's quicker than an Uber. Oh, there they the are. Towers. Uh, stare at them while you can, folks. Ah, uh, the Twin Towers. Yes. Uh, now it's that's gonna the one... many more years they're gonna stand here. No, isn't one uh what is the parking spot? I love it. Just right leave it right the there, right park right in front of the tower. <laughs> <laughs> You're just jealous. They have NYP yeah, perfect they have, spot. They have NYP plates, they're from New York Press. They could park now, anywhere. I went here with a co-worker from Pakistan, and he was making the joke, I knock terrorists. Yeah, it was 1999, and the terrorist uh, bombing had happened in the basement. In the with basement. The cars. Yeah. yeah. So we thought it was funny. Who knew? Oh, by the way, when you get into this elevator, you do feel your stomach, you know, butterflies. You do feel like there is nothing. Roof closed. Yeah. You see that sign? Yep. That means the roof is closed. Right. That it's means there's only one tower you could go into, right? As a tourist, it's not open to the public. Both no, the there's towers. only one tower you can go to. Yeah. Right. The roof, the roof, the roof is closed. We don't give a damn. Let the motherfucker be closed. Because Gorgons and Gylalexes and Gylalax. Gylalax. Was a, I, I remember catching, that was a rare Pokemon. Okay, we gotta go. We gotta go. Uh, that'll be fifteen dollars ahead. Yeah. All right. Uh, All right. We like him, but he'll come yeah. down. <laughs> excuse me, pardon me, pardon me. Excuse me, businessman from the eighties. See, like in this scene, like they should be like rushing through, pushing right. people over. We've got to save him. Hey, get out! Hey, I'm Mr. Wall Street. Don't you can't do that to me. Right. Oh, it's so sad. I... Well, he's not down here. Let's go back up. It's a dumb right. thing in the film. We'll go up, then we'll go down, and we'll go up. Can there, he is. there he is. And he can't hear us, even though he's right there. It's a good thing we came to no school trip day 
<laughs> yeah. It's a lot easier. It's a lot, lot less crowded. All these escalators. A lot of people coming and going. Look, the line stops when they're done with the scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no one else going to the escalator. I'm taking oh, going up. Where's he going? Where do you think? He's going down or up. Thank God we found an escalator. Elevator. Oh, it's filled up. It must have every floor. Finally. Oh, not more people. They get on before they let the people out. That's that's New York City for you, right? Well, they're all going up, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right, right. The 80th floor. Uh, can this building be any shorter? Finally. And that's only open to the public in one tower. Oh, yeah, the line. Ticket. I hate my job. <laughs> <laughs> Roof Whoa, closed. No one's going to allow to go. Hey, there he is. Dumbass. Dumbass. Now we'll hear the alarm. Okay. He's got to be here somewhere. Right, there's the alarm. The door. There's no security. The door isn't locked. It breaks my heart. I remember the observatory floor. This is not an escalator. It's stairs. Oh, this is the businessman's escalator, which makes the working man walk up the flight of stairs. We don't spend our electricity on you workers. Yeah, look at this. Holy shit. Yeah, now you should be on the other side of this fence, perilously heading to the edge. There's a, I don't know if you noticed, there's a continuity gap. There's a, you can see a Frenchman on the other building about <laughs> to throw a rope over. With a big, uh, what do you call that, pole? The pole. But is this, how did they shoot this? Tom Hanks was not climbing over the Let's listen, because he breaks down. Oh, this is the best scene. Look at this. He's an actor. Teacher, what am I doing here? Jane, why can't I remember? I don't know. Is that good acting or stupid acting? No, it's great acting. He, he changed. He, uh, you actually believe he, uh, he went through that experience. Yeah. And it's grounded. His voice is grounded. Well, it's whiny. Right. Uh, group hug. This is going to be the, the one photo in the back of a DVD cover selling this movie. Look at the director pushing. Yeah, and commercial. Oh, wait. Now, this is suddenly a voiceover by the... I don't uh, know how good it feels to be finally writing my novel. Writing your yeah, novel. Katie, <laughs> how loud are they talking that they could hear it outside the car? Yeah. <laughs> and how we conquered our fears through it. And I was so, scared, but I'm not scared. Did anymore. you know Katie was a novelist? Maybe Nora Robert, uh, Jaffe in, in uh, Proxy. Did you realize that she was trying to write a novel? So she's going to write the book, Mazes and Monsters. And she's going to narrate the end of this documentary, even uh, documentary, this documentary, even though she <laughs> wasn't the narrator up front. Right. We haven't had that the whole thing. 
Now right. we're doing an epilogue. It all began when my friend JJ went to his fancy home. Gonna be okay. Maybe be back next semester. Right. So okay. So he's he's taken off the bench. He's done. They, yeah. They, yeah. And he's back home, and home is this place right here, in I don't know, uh, Equestrian County. I guess it's New York State. I don't know. Could be Canada. There's Drinky Mom. She's so drunk she doesn't have a glass of wine in her hand in the scene. That's how drunk she is. <laughs> she doesn't need it. She's already soused. Right. Oh, hi. I oh, hi. Breath right. I recognize you for the phone. You smell great with <laughs> don't light a match around her breath. That water pup? Stay away. Okay, he's great. He's by our private lake. I want you guys to know, because you weren't even thinking of it, that I don't blame you for dragging my son back into the game. That's the weird thing. Like, in the beginning of the movie, the audience, we find out that he previously had a bad D&D game. And that's where he told his mom not to do it. Yeah. I don't think these characters even know. So right. at the end of the movie, for the audience's sake, she says, I don't blame you. You didn't know. They didn't know. The characters didn't know. We know. So for the story, it ties up nicely. But there okay. was no tension there. Like, you know, don't let him play that game. You know, then later on, I told you not to... I'm not mad. I don't know. I think yeah, it, it is what it is. And I understand that it's a TV movie. I just think there were a few missed opportunities. And I think I've beaten this horse to, horse to death. These kids should realize something's wrong when they went by Rod Sterling setting up a shoot. <laughs> so it now is. their smiles drop. Stop playing around. Is you free like you have been restored to the living? Whoever did that is a great... He thinks he's Freelick, who you remember died because he didn't use his sonar or something. Right. Like yeah. Now, so he's, many yeah. people charge for their licks, but no, no, this guy, he's Freelick. Freelick. I think that's a good way to end this movie. All right. So they realize he's he's still in, nothing's really changed except he has, he's home. But they love him. And they want to be with him, so they're yeah. going to spend the rest of the afternoon with him. And then we'll hear a voiceover from her finishing up her novel. Something you may be interested. Oh, yeah. Here's my bloody knife from the crime I got away with. Well, that's the coin. Like, every night he pays the innkeeper for the night's stay. And in the morning, the coin's back in his... Right. It's the eternal coin or something yeah. like that? Yeah. It's his mom saying free essentially. Well, you know, uh, we don't hear the mom saying he thinks he's paying for this. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, and then nice lake, nice man-made pond. They're talking about the enchanted forest and there's some there. Right. So whatever. They they drove all this way. They're not gonna leave them. Well, they play along and they go on one last Adventure, I think it was. Right, well, on the voiceover. I'm only playing this so I can hear the voiceover. Yeah, Daniel. Look, now he's, he's like, changed. He parts I his hair. Game master. Maze master. What is it? Maze controller. Controller. You're not a master. You control. You don't mask. You control. Right. It's not a dungeon. It's a, a maze. 
Hey, listen, he's a great actor. This is the reason why he was so successful in soap opera. <laughs> you feel the emotion in that. And then they I'm all walk to the bottom of the lake. I haven't been beyond this ridge, but the paths to the forest. God, it's so loud. And so, here we go. We played the game again. And so, one last time. As I was saying, or dice, or no monsters. Hard you saw the monsters. Hmm. We did not. Huh. We saw nothing but the death of hope and the loss of our friend. What? And so we played the game until the sun began to set. Bittersweet. And all the monsters were dead. Yeah. Or is it? Bittersweet. Oh, it's the end of season one of Mike Spiegelman's new streaming terror, the movie remake of... Oh, wait, wait. so she gets a credit. And uh, one interesting thing is that Tom McScarrett, or whatever the guy's name is, who produced it... Yeah. His production company, and you'll see here, see Hagwood? Yeah, Hardy. Idol song. They're friends in this world that play D&D. <laughs> Eminem. Bill, David Graham, who casted Tom Hanks. Whoop-dee-doo. Yeah, whoop he was a young he, His show was just got kicked off the air after 38 episodes, and I thought, why don't I try? So McDermott Company, it's owned by, and you'll see it in the credit, Procter & Gamble Productions. Wow. So talk about soap opera. Talk yeah. about something, some product to sell soap. This is it. See, look, a production of McDermott Productions in association with Procter & Gamble Productions. So flat out, it's out to sell shit, you know. Now, Procter & Gamble has a controversy with satanic symbol on its products. Right. That's true. Yeah. 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 So, of course, they're the amazing supporters. And a bittersweet ending. What you think of this movie? I thought it was okay. I thought it was flat. I think... It was interesting to see New York at that time. Interesting to see Tom Hanks in a sort of junior, you know, place in his career. Right. It was, uh, it was worth watching. It was okay. I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I do remember that moment because I was a huge Bosom Buddies fan. And I've always been a fan of Tom Hanks. Uh, and afford him privacy, I think, is what the best thing. I don't really care. <laughs> but he... Uh, he was funny, and in this movie, he really kind of adds to it. And I have to give it up to Wendy Carlson, the who uh -huh. played Katie too. I think she really made this film happen, and the other two were great in it. And uh, but I, I remember it being a thing, so it was cool to see again. Yeah, but I don't, you know, it's a completist thing. If you want to see this Tom Hanks movie, you're not going to be disappointed, but you don't have right. It. Yeah. Uh, well, I had mentioned next week's movie. Oh, we have one chosen? Yes, we have one chosen, Carl. And I brought it up in the movie. It's Skullduggery from 1982. Yeah. Uh, Wendy Carlson also uh, appeared in another D&D Trailer, movie. Skullduggery, 1982. I got to write trailer because I don't see one. Uh, uh, the 1970 Skullduggery no. theatrical trailer? 1983, 82. Okay, let me put that. Oh, I did put that in. Uh, yeah, there, well, no, I guess this is probably the full movie. It's an hour 35. It's a full movie. All right. Well, it's uh, it's not supposed to be good, Carl. It's supposed to be really, really bad. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. No, I mean, like, 
the description in IMDb is Adam starts killing a bunch of people for some reason. <laughs> for some reason. That's the plot synopsis. Uh, it's not good. But, hey. Okay. Uh, yeah. We'll see it's it. It's so bad. There's no trailer. Well, wait. I think I hear a trailer. I'm going to go ahead and speak on the closing credit. Three, two, one. Carl Lorimar presents. Rattling of 20-sided dice. Wait, wait, wait. You're doing a trailer for the next film? Yes, Goldugger. It's also a Dungeons & Dragons film? It is. And it also stars Katie. And she works at a store with Adam. Okay. They play D&D after hours. And he starts killing people. Okay. We'll see what happens. All right. Uh, the trailer. There are the skulls, but don't do you dare dig the skulls? No, it's skull juggery. Rated R. Rated R. I need skulls, man. Carl Lorimar picture presents skull duggery. Did he say skull duggery? What's skull duggery? Quick, get a dictionary. It's yeah, right. Is it really the same company? No, it's not. Okay. I just want to. I just want to give a shout out before we wrap up. We are wrapping up, so come join us next week. Next Sunday, we'll be watching Skull Duggery, uh, also starring Katie uh, from Mazes and Monsters uh, from '82. We'll be watching her next film, which is also D and D. I'm on the case. All right. Yeah, and uh, we want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please subscribe to our podcast and also uh, check out Mini Radio. Uh, there'll be some shows coming up uh, at 8 o'clock tonight. And then tomorrow there's a, a live comedy show. So it's all on our website. Carl, thanks so much. Audience, thank, thank you so you. much. We'll see you guys next week. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. It's been over one long year. Watching movies bad, strange, and weird, commandeered by Michael. Let's watch a full length.